This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Betting Weekly podcast, the English Premier League edition with myself, Harry Simiu and the two legends, Jack Wright. Uh, first up, how are you, my friend? Good to see you again. I know, it's been so long, hasn't it? A couple of days, here we go again. So uh, absolutely fantastic. I'm very good, thanks, yeah. Ahead of a big, big weekend, of course. Huge weekend indeed at both ends of the table. Uh, also joining us, uh, Nigel Seeley, uh, the man in black today. Looking very smart. Where are you off to? The pub? <laughs> How does he take you for? Cut. What are you about? I mean, he looks like a look, look at him. I mean, he's, he's Mitrovic has had his eight day ban and he's gone, he's come on got, to present the show. I like even being the bigger with the, with the black. What's going on here? I, thought, I, thought, I like well, it. Jack, I like it. Well, it's Jack's the, uh, the, the fashion connoisseur. He's been in, doing the experiments with the Bunsen burner in, in, in the laboratory. <laughs> Yeah, I thought the fashion spot. Oh, anyway, fashion police Harry Simeon is one thing you don't want to be uh, called out by Harry Simeon or that. Now, I'm not going to the pub, Harry. Please. I'm going, I was there yesterday. I'm, going, I'm, I'm having a day off. Come on, let's not be fair. That's it. A day off is always needed. Um, right. I've had 10 days, I've had 10 days off, the, off, off the drink. 17th of February, 2005. <laughs> 16th of April, 2020. Yeah, good 10 days. There you go. Good stuff. Um, let's get into uh, this weekend's picks then. Uh, for a change, we'll start with you, Nigel. Uh, oh, really? Again, yeah, we'll start with you. Wow. We'll start with you. Um, you've been off the off the booze, so you'll be uh, very shocked. Right, this is, hang on a minute. We're getting impersonal. <laughs> this is the third time in two minutes he's mentioned this. What are you doing? <laughs> Dan Robux free next week. Uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, he'll give you just as hard a time. Uh, he, was right. with me, he was with me yesterday, so there you go. Well, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. Aston Villa versus Nottingham Forest is a game that both of you have a selection in. Um, let's uh, well, you've got the well, same selection. We'll come to Nigel first uh, for your reasoning behind this one. Uh, Aston Villa, who are flying under Unai Emery, taking on uh, Nottingham Forest, who are in desperate need for points. Yeah, I think um, we're both going to really say the same thing here. I would have thought, you know, if we look at the stats, but I'm going to keep it very brief and let, let obviously Jack come in uh, he, he, with his analysis as well. But obviously, Aston Villa are the informed team in the Premier League. In current form, obviously, Manchester, Manchester City and Arsenal are doing well, but uh, Aston Villa have just turned it around amazingly well. I mean, at the start of the season, one of my biggest bets pre-season was Aston Villa to finish in the top half of the table, and I'd give up on it. I thought I mean, there's a chance they could finish, in the, the, only a slim chance. Emery's come in and absolutely just been fantastic. I mean, they've scored in every goal, every game under the the Spaniard. Uh, five wins and a draw in their last six. Their only defeats really have been against the top teams in the Premier League. Uh, they will come back from behind in midweek against Leicester to win another great performance. Brilliant goals as well. Uh, and obviously they're playing a, a, a side in Nottingham Forest who were just absolutely 
terrible um, uh, on the uh, it, on the road. I mean, not no wins. One win in fourteen, five goals in thirty-four. A defeat against Leeds. Um, I think Villa win comfortably. Uh, you would look at Villa and think to yourself, they're usually a side that have got nothing to play for, but they have everything to play for because they're building some real momentum for next season. They want to win every single game. They want to end up on a high. He's, he maybe even could make it sort of push their way into a, a Europa League spot. I know it's going to be quite hard for them to do that, but if they keep winning and other teams are in and around and keep dropping points, which looks like they're happy and they could do that. We've already highlighted them as a team for next season. I think they're a good thing to win this. Forest, as we say, so poor. Uh, went 1-0 up against Leeds, but uh, sat back and Leeds just totally blew them away in the second half. Uh, they don't score goals, not in the Forest. They concede loads of goals. 34 conceded on the road, so they're averaging two and a half a game. Villa just banging the goals in for fun. If Villa score in this game, it's going to be very hard for Forest to score. Um, I think they're going to score at least one, uh, Aston Villa. And instead of taking the minus, I think minus 185, um, Villa to win this match, I think that should be in your parlays. The best way to play is Villa minus one at plus 104. So you get a little bit bigger than even money. Uh, and if if Villa win by exactly one goal, it's a push. So Aston Villa for me, minus one on the on the Asian handicap with the push at, uh, with a one goal win. Uh, one of the best bets of the card this week. Jack, um, you obviously agree uh, with the quality of that bet because you've gone uh, with the same one. Anything to kind of add on the reasoning? I know uh, you're very much a man for the stats. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's the best bet of the weekend for me. Um, I think we've got sides that you you like to side with. You've got teams that you you like to fade. And when they both play each other, you, you hope you get a price. And boy, we've got a price here. I was very surprised to see it at plus money for the minus one. As I said, if they win by a goal, then it's a push. And anything better than that, we get the full win. So uh, watch the game in the week and, and the Villa game and it, it, they were super impressive. As I said, like Nigel's gone through the stats there pretty much and they don't lie. You know, they've just, they're playing as a top four side. The stats since he came in 16 games ago in the league are that of a top four side. And if he had been at the start of the season, well, Nigel's bet would 100% cashed by now already. Um, I think they would have been certainly in the Europa League places and possibly knocking on the door to challenge that top four, such as has been his impact there. So impressed with them. I think, you know, the the, the side that they've got at the moment are fantastic. Buendia, who I'm lucky enough to have seen a lot of since he came over to England, has now got that connection. And one thing I would I picked up on midweek was that link he's now got with Ollie Watkins. And I've seen him, once he gets on in tune with a striker, he doesn't wait. The ball's there. He knows the run that the striker's going to make and he'll play it and it'll be on a plate for him. We saw it with, with Watkins' goal in midweek. Incision through the middle and then obviously the rest is Watkins' pace to get away from the defenders, strength to hold him off and then composure to finish. So he's flying at the moment as well. Um, and, and say Forrest, a big loss against uh, um, Leeds midweek. Real big one, especially having taken the the lead. They've now dropped twenty points from winning positions, which only Leicester have got a worse record than. So that says that even when they do get in these positions, they're not been able to hold on to them. So really, really all over the place. Um, another vote of confidence this week for Steve Cooper. He's had more vote of confidences than than well me this season. So that's yeah, saying a lot. Yeah. But yeah. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll end it. I'll end yeah. it with Steve Cooper. Uh, he basically said that they lacked bravery and courage. Um, you don't want to have that level at you as a player or as anyone really, to be honest with you, and said that they didn't have enough technique, too passive and too easy to beat. So we'll take that. Thanks, Steve Cooper. We'll, we'll have that as as a testament that you're going to get done here at Villa Park as well where the crowd should be buzzing 
plus 104. Take that. Thank you very much. There you go. Aston Villa minus one on the Asian handicap at plus 104. Both the guys uh, have gone with that and uh, both the guys are pretty confident on that one. Um, let's take it on to Wolves against Chelsea. Um, when I saw these two team names on Nigel's selections, I, I knew what the bet was going to be. I'm sure our listeners know <laughs> what the bet's going to be. So Nigel, uh, just confirm that for us. Yeah, draw at half time. Um, bet Rivers are the best price in the world. On this market, plus one fifteen. When will they learn? Um, do you know what it's been? A, it's been a bet that's cashed for me. But every time I've put it up on this show, it's lost. I think. I don't think. I don't think we've had. I don't think we've had a winner on it uh, when we when we've done it on this show. But uh, it's just statistically, it's it's a play. I mean, we've we've gone on about it all season. But if you look at this match here, the team that have drawn the most games at halftime in the Premier League season are Chelsea. Sixteen of their matches, twenty nine matches, have been drawn at halftime. Wolves have been drawn in 14 this season. Uh, at home, Wolves are drawn in eight of their 14 Premier League games. Wolves are in a massive relegation battle, as we know. Um, they're playing a Chelsea side that are struggling for goals. I mean, Frank Lampard's come in. How is he going to pick a team? I mean, it's impossible. I mean, just throw all the names out and pick them out. You've got you know, no ideas of their strongest 11. They don't have a goal scorer. Uh, the game against Liverpool the other day, after 25 minutes, it was a certain to be nil-nil. Just, just fizzled out to a non-event. Uh, and I can see that Wolves would be quite happy with a draw here. We saw with Leeds the other day when they played at Arsenal, they went there for a, a draw and they tried to, they, they're never going to get the draw, but they was going to get beat and they highlighted the two big matches that were coming up. I think Wolves will do the same. I think they look at this game and think they've got a good chance of getting something against um, against Chelsea because this is not a very good Chelsea side with a new manager who have obviously been sacked from there uh, and you're not in a decent future. Uh, the thing is with Wolves as well is that at home, uh, they've been a, a sort of a side that's I been mean, stuttering along, haven't they? They went for a good run with Lopetegui, then they've gone into a bad run as well. They're conceding a lot of goals, which is unlike them, but they're playing a Chelsea side that don't score many, so don't create many chances. If you look back at the history of this fixture, there's been a lot of draws. I mean, Wolves, uh, the three games prior to this were all draws, two nil-nils and a 2-2 draw. Every single one of those games was a draw at half-time. And in the reverse fixture at Stamford Bridge, it was nil-nil until the 45, 40, the half-time whistle and the last kick of the game, Chelsea scored to make it 1-0. So that would have not cashed for you, but you had a great bet for you running. You know, in play, you would have been able to trade out at a very, very low price. I just think this is just a mathematical play. We all know the reasons I do it. Wolves are a side that are quite negative in the first half. They're playing a Chelsea side that are going through transition at the moment. Can't score goals. New manager. Two sides, I think, will just look at this game and think, you know, I'll be happy with a point here and move on to the next one. It's been a terrible season for Chelsea. It's all about next season for them. And I just think this might fizzle out to a non-event. And so um, at the odds, which are just too good to be true, the team with the most draws in the Premier League this season are Chelsea. The team with the second most draws at half-time in the Premier League this season are Wolves. They both play each other and you can bet it at plus 115. I think just on the odds, it's a bet. Nice one. Uh, Jack, same game, but different pick. Different pit, but we're very much on a similar hymn sheet here. We nearly clashed as far as our wardrobe selections today were concerned, but we just avoided that one. But we're very close on our picks so far. Um, yes, our good friend Wolves, they have been inconsistent over the last few weeks. And Nigel Wright says, Lepeteg, you'd kind of got them into that position. And we thought, oh, yeah, upwardly mobile now and possibly on a similar trajectory to that that Villa have shown. And then I've had a, had a little bit of a wobble. But... Um, I took this bet. My bet here is for Wolves plus 0.5 Asian handicap at minus 109 because, like Nigel thinks as well, this has got the makings of a very 
tight, turgid kind of game and can certainly see it being nil-nil, certainly see it being a draw. So getting the draw on side means that we cash the bet here as well. So a draw or a Wolves win, and this is a full win on this bet. Um, And also, I think this is more about the two dugouts as much as what's actually going to be on the pitch. And I think, yes, Lampard's just been announced prior to us recording this, that he's back. Um, Lopetegui, though, that experience that he's got, um, I think he'll just have that tactical nous. And he's also had a week's prep time ahead of this game, unlike Chelsea, who did play Liverpool in midweek. And and, and I said this is as much as a fade on a chaotic Chelsea as it is on on like on a wolf side that you can't really nail, but certainly we'd be happy to have the effectively double chance on this of the draw as well. It has landed in four of the last five meetings between the two sides. We were either it's been a draw or a Wolves win. So that's a decent starting point as well. Lopetegui's already talked up the next nine games during the old cliche of the nine cup finals route. So he'll get his fire um, side fired up for it as well. Um, whether Bruno Soltor will be the man that will have much to do with it. He's obviously been on the training field now. He only picked his first ever side in midweek. So um, whether Lampard will kind of take a little bit of a backseat for this, possibly so. Um, but again, Nigel has said, Wolves, we know they have a fairly decent record at home. They have won three of the last five at home and all three wins to nil. So when they get their defensive process right, which we know they can, they are a tough nut to crack. Those three wins are against West Ham. Yeah, fair enough. But Spurs and Liverpool. So sides of equivalent to Chelsea, at least, certainly. And we see the problem with with Chelsea is is in front of goal, as we mentioned. Two blanks in the last um, two games now, over the space of four days. Only 29 goals this season in 29 league fixtures. And um, a way of being poor. Their, their win against Leicester last time out was the first win in nine. So failed to score in four of those they're not in great shape there. And the one thing we haven't mentioned yet, which is a key, I think, is that they've got Real Madrid next week in the mm. Champions League. Their players, their fans, management will have one eye on that at least. And I think that will be enough for Wolves to be able to um, get at least a draw from this one. So, yeah, plus one, plus 0.5 Asian handicap, minus 109. Just on that Chelsea Champions League point, they seem to win the Champions League in the seasons that they sack managers, don't they? So, it's an interesting decision to make. Should Lampard go unbeaten in the league this season and win the Champions League, or even just win the Champions League? But we'll see what happens. Just quickly on that, were you guys surprised that Frank Lampard was reappointed? I know it's only with a short-term view, but was you surprised that they've turned back that way? Is it an acknowledgement of? The fact that maybe they can't get who they want right now. I think now it's a bit of a weird pick, but we've seen it. Like Martin O'Neill's just been linked with Leicester as well. It's like we're going back in time. And I think it's a little bit of a sensible pick, if anything. They haven't really got anything on this season. All right, you could say the Champions League, of course, but it actually does buy them time to get the right person because it's a huge appointment, whoever's next for them. So he knows the club. And what it will do is get the fans on side initially, you know, with with his reputation amongst the Stamford Bridge crowd. If this was at home, I wouldn't be touching it because I think there'd be enough of a buoyant atmosphere to, to um, change the, the, the dynamic. But away, not so much so. Yeah, good stuff. Um, let's take it on. Nigel, uh, Leeds taking on Crystal Palace. We've talked a lot in recent weeks about this run of games for Leeds and how important it is. Uh, Crystal Palace panicked and, and sacked Patrick Vieira. They brought in Roy Hodgson. They got a victory last uh, last weekend. So, you know, they're in a better place. 
but you've you fancy Leeds to do the business here against uh, Roy Hodgson's men. Yeah, I do. I really do. Um, obviously, we they were my big bet in midweek uh, against Nottingham Forest, and and it cashed. Uh, it's a bit of a struggle, really. They're one nil down, uh, but they played really well. Leeds actually, uh, the second half they were brilliant. They could have won by a lot, lot more. The crowd were. were frantic. I mean, it was it was a great atmosphere there. It was a brilliant atmosphere. And it was that's what Leeds need. They need to make Ellen Road really, really tough. It's a, you know, it's a ferocious place to go to. It's and they need every one of those supporters on their side and they're getting them. The, the new manager's come in and he's done well, you know, uh, he's done well, but they're scoring goals and they're, and they're looking dangerous going forward. I did say to you when we spoke about the Arsenal game, I thought they'd get cause Arsenal lots of problems, create lots of chances, couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And that was a team without a striker. Now they've got their backs, their teams, their players are coming back to fitness. Uh, they've got some suspensions that are coming back for this game. They're at full strength. Their skipper's back as well, Cooper. And they're winning games at home. They've only lost two matches at Ellen Road in the last eight. And that was against Manchester City and Manchester United. So they don't fear anyone. And at the bottom of the table now, we have a mini league. And I was speaking to a, a couple of the people on Saturday from the Leeds. And they basically, they're, they're looking at the league, their remaining fixtures as a mini league at the bottom. And I think a lot of teams will be focused on that. They will be looking at games against teams at the top and the bottom. And they're thinking, well, you know what? We're not going to get anything from them until they necessarily have to get something from them. But they're looking at these key games against teams in and around them. And this is a key game at the bottom of the Premier League. Palace last week was sensational. 31 shots, nine on target. Prior to that, no shots on target in a game. Can they do that again on the road? Can, and where they have been, you know, they, they're capable of beating anybody at home at Selhurst Park, as we've seen over the last two or three years. But on the road, they're very flaky. Uh, they used to rely heavily on Eze and, and Sahar. Eze hasn't played hardly at all this season. Uh, Sahar has been a shadow and he's been out of, of form as well. So they need them on the road. But I just feel a trip to Leeds is is, is massive for, for the home side, especially after the win and the second half performance. This will be a real fired up Ellen Road. And I think Leeds fans will think if they can win this, they've got a great chance of staying up. If they win this, it throws Palace straight back into the relegation again after a win last week against Leicester. But when I go back to the point of making about that mini league against the teams in the bottom... Leeds at home this season have played uh, six teams in the relegation zone. They played Forest, Southampton, Bournemouth and Wolves, and they won every single one of those games. And they played West Ham and Everton, and they drew. So they haven't lost against anyone of the bottom sort of those nine teams at home this season in the Premier League. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to win your home games and beat those teams in and around you. And I feel that they will beat Palace. I don't like. I don't really rate Palace at all. I think last week was a fluke with performance, a, a, a total. So this, whatever we've seen in the weeks before, just totally different. It was just a fluke performance. They got the reaction from the manager. I don't think they'll back it up. And I feel that Leeds at home now will get the job done. The priority is these two matches, as they, as I said last week, win against Forest, win against Palace. They're halfway there, and I think they get the other half done. Plus one ten. I expect that money to come for Leeds here. I think Leeds could go off around about even money. I, I fully expect that to move, that market to move because of their record against teams in or around them. And I think Palace here will come with a very different game plan. I think Roy Hodgson will look at it and think, well, I'll tell you what, if we can get a point at Leeds, that's a great point for us. But I think that might backfire. And I think Leeds will be fired up for the win. The team, the, the crowd will be fired up and Leeds get the job done. So if you're saying that you think the market's going to move, is this one that you'd urge people to go and get on nice and early while the price is still appealing? Yeah, obviously. I mean, when the team news comes out, Leeds will be at full strength. I think the uh, McKenna. I think McKenna returns from suspension. I think Liam Cooper, the centre half, the captain, ret- is, is back in the team. 
They've got the uh, the striker, Rodrigo, back. They've got um, Pat- Patrick Bamford back. So Leeds have had a lot of key players out recently. I think when the team news come out, they see that uh, strength side. And then people have a reaction just before kickoff time or like and at two hours before kickoff time. I think Leeds at home, you know, look at the Palace side. I think Palace might go defensively here. And I think the money will come from Leeds. So, yeah, I would tell people if you can get plus 110 or anything around that mark or even slightly bigger, pull the trigger now because I think that Leeds will uh, definitely start shorter. Nice one. Uh, good stuff. Right. Uh, final game that we're going to cover in terms of picks. Uh, Tottenham against Brighton, Jack. I think this is, after the big one on Sunday, probably the best match on paper this weekend. A really, really interesting fixture. Uh, both sides in the hunt for a Champions League finish. Tottenham's just stuttered the other night at Everton, having taken the lead. Brighton with games in hand and uh, and, and looking much more consistent, I guess, than, than people envisaged at the start of the campaign. What's your take on this one? Yeah, I agree with you. I think this should be a really good game. And when I dug into the stats a bit, I was a bit surprised about just how consistent Brighton have been in, in recent weeks, to be honest with you. Um, I've had a lot of feedback as far as that people seemingly like and the props bets as well. So this is where this one is going. Um, I will try and throw up a different one each week over the remainder of the season because I think people do enjoy following those ones and, and seeing the players smash one into row Z, but cash a ticket, winning ticket on it as well. So um, keep an eye on them as we go through. Um, the game itself, I think, Midweek summed up Spurs' frustration at the moment. They had a, a game in their hand. They had a penalty given to them, scored by Harry Kane. Man sent off uh, Everton, so uh, up against 10 men and then still threw two points away, letting a centre-back smash one in from 30 yards. So um, you can see why, why their frustrations are high, obviously topped by the fact that you're a lot of miles clear at the top of the table at the moment. So that ain't going down either well. So well either, but um, one win in six for them now in all competitions. So as you say, a, a, a sticky spell, but on the flip side of that, they have won four straight at home. So which side of Spurs will we see in this one? It's hard to tell. Defensively, still not sold on that at all um, with Lloris and the likes of Eric Dyer got mistakes in them. And I think they all get exploited in this one. Um, obviously that prompted the, the Conte rant when they threw away the goals to draw three, three with Southampton and his departure. So we know Brighton will come at them. That's the way they play under Deserby. Really exciting. Uh, seven games unbeaten now with five wins in that process. Only one defeat in 15 games in all competitions. So you said about the consistency there it is. They won 10 of those 15 and they've scored 36 goals. So the problems they had under um, that Graham Potter fella, well, that's been blown out of the water by the Zerbi. They're, they're creating the chances. The XG was there and now scoring them. But with pretty much the same players, apart from one, obviously he was a new boy on the block, which is um, Evan Ferguson. And that's where this player prop is going for him to have over 0.5 shots on target. So, in other words, one or more shot on target will do the business. We're getting odds of minus 117 for that. Scored in midweek. Cheeky little back heel back in the side, having been out for a game through injury and um, prompted uh, one Alexis McAllister to really go into town on him, saying he was amazing, great player, and, and really bigged him up big style. And obviously, Alexis McAllister does know a decent player or two, I think, having won the World Cup with a certain Lionel Messi in the, in, I nearly said the summer then, in the, uh, Christmas. So, um, yeah, praise indeed. Um, but as far as Ferguson's concerned, he's now scored four goals in his last four appearances. He's got eight in the season for um, Brighton, and he's only 18 years of age. Deserby came out after that McAllister quote and kind of agreed with it, but poured a little bit of cold water on it. 
obviously wary of the fact that Man United already sniffing around him. So um, wanted to keep him in the club. But he only made his debut on Boxing Day. So I'm going to break these figures down very quickly as far as this is concerned. Um, made his debut on Boxing Day. Uh, he's only had six starts, only 539 minutes in total. He's played for Brighton. 20 shots, 10 shots on target in that period of time. So averaging out a shot on target every 54 minutes, which is crucial because I think you'll probably get 70 minutes in this game. He'll start, but will normally get substituted towards the end for one reason or another. Um, and he's had at least one shot on target in five of those six starts. So all the stats would suggest that it's pointing towards at least one shot on target for him. He's had multi-shots on target in a couple of these games as well. This is an absolute standout price from Bet Rivers here, minus 117. I've seen it elsewhere as low as minus 333. So it's huge value on this particular play for Ferguson. So definitely get on this one early because I've got a feeling the price will crash prior to kickoff. And uh, keep an eye on those prop markets. There's the best part of 400 bet, um, betting opportunities with Bet Rivers um, on this game and all the other Premier League games as well. So plenty to float your boat with as well. But that's the one for me here, over 0.5 shots on target, Evan Ferguson at minus 117. Nice one. Um, before we wrap up, uh, there is a big game going on at the weekend. Uh, on Sunday, to be specific, uh, league leaders Arsenal travel away uh, to Liverpool at Anfield. Um, Nigel, there's no official play in this game, but you know everything on paper suggests that Arsenal are in a great position to go over there and, and really hurt Liverpool. But it's Anfield and that has to be factored in, doesn't it? So is that why you've steered clear of this one? Really difficult one to call? Well, it is factored in. It's factored into the price. I mean, if we looked at the current form of these two teams, you wouldn't be getting the odds you were on Arsenal winning this match. Arsenal should be probably minus money favourites to win at Liverpool, given what we've seen this season. But the fact is that Liverpool, uh, Arsenal have a terrible record at Anfield. They haven't won in 12 matches now, I think it is. I think the last time they won was in 2012, when Gangman Star was number one <laughs> in, in the charts. So how long ago it was. I know, I know I've seen you dance into that area a few times, one of your favourites. But um, yeah, it was a long time ago. And uh, proper Gangman Star. There we go. Hey, sexy hat, Harry. So it's a long time ago. And um, I think that de- definitely is factored into the price. I think the pressure is huge on Arsenal. It's absolutely huge on Arsenal. Uh, I thought the team selection from Klopp uh, midweek against Chelsea was a bit interesting, you know, to just rest all those players. Uh, the chances are they're all going to come back against against Arsenal. So there's obviously no love lost between Klopp and Arteta. Klopp will be very good. They famously had a big row on the touchline, didn't they? So Klopp is, um, will, will want to spoil the Arsenal party. But I think Arsenal, obviously, they've gone to Anfield and won big, big matches before, haven't they, with titles on the, on the line uh, many years back. And uh, I think if they do win this game, Arsenal, I think that is one hand on the Premier League trophy. Um, for me, I think it's a very, very difficult match to have a view on it. I really do. I think the Liverpool team news is, is crucial to how you bet on it. So I wouldn't have a, that's one of the reasons why it's put me off because I think that that is the most important factor in this match. The one angle where I would say you've got to, you've got to expect goals, haven't you? I mean, I know Liverpool played in a nil-nil draw, but Arsenal this season have just been so confident going forward and their probably only weakness is their defensive frailties, which I still think aren't great. Obviously, Saliba's not there in the centre-half, so that's, that's that highlights that a little bit more as well. So I think goals are on the menu. Um, the line on two and a half goals is very, very low. Both teams' have score is very, very low, so you know that you're not going to get much value. But I think if you are looking for a bet and a plus-money bet, maybe for a lean for me, you know, in a game that I would expect goals, I think if, if you're going to cash two and a half, you might as well go even up the higher one, go up three and a half, uh, possibly. So my only lean would be towards goals, 
But I think you can't really have a bet on this until we see that Liverpool lineup. But I just, I just got a feeling that it might just end in a draw. I could see it being like a two-two draw or something like that. I just think a, a point uh, will, they'll take. And um, but uh, from a betting perspective, I think it's really, really difficult. Yep, I agree with that. Um, Jack, you, you've obviously stayed away from it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, much of the same sentiment. Pretty much all of that, yeah. Uh, I think the game. I looked at the history of, of this over the last many seasons, and it, it absolutely stinks of goals. And I think Liverpool have Anfield in the league have like hit five goals twice, four goals a couple of times, three goals four times. It's been it's been mad for goals. So um, I think that little um, pizza money we call it on two two. I think that might be a very nice little play. To be honest with you, all all around it, maybe three two either way and two two. Pepper, pepper around that kind of mark. I think you you won't be far off. So it should be a exciting one. Liverpool at Anfield are different than Liverpool elsewhere. Obviously, we saw that when they beat Man United 7-0. That was actually their last home game in the league. Kind of forget about that because they've been so wobbly um, in recent away games. And uh, I think you know, they've, they've won to nil the last four or five at home. It's, it's a strong record. And I think they've got the best, the fourth best home record in the league. So... Tough one to go, especially with the history of Arsenal's problems there. Um, so, um, but that Mickey Thomas goal when Wigfield was in the charts or something like that. You can oh, do no, no. Well, that was way before Wigfield. <laughs> I know it was. It's the only that one I can think of. Harry that... could pull the dance out. <laughs> way, way before Wigfield. You've lost, but, uh, you've lost Just what he was Saturday night, he wouldn't know that. But uh, the, the, the thing is with Arsenal here, in, in the last seven matches between Arsenal and Liverpool, Arsenal haven't scored in six of them. So there is some kind of psychological thing. I think I think over that psychological stuff, we saw that thing with the Arteta when he done the car park and laid it. I mean, be, that would be doing in training. They'd be playing you never walk alone in the car park again. But um, I think I think this is such a big game for Arsenal. But I think nerves will really play a big part here. And yeah. uh, we've seen teams go to Anfield with titles on the line or title matches change at Anfield over the years, you know, there's big Liverpool themselves with Gerrard slipping up against Chelsea. There's this, it's got that kind of feel, big game feel to it. And I think um, when you get a game like this, I think you're probably bet much better off to uh, to watch it from a neutral and enjoy it rather than have a financial interest. But if I do have a financial interest, I think that three and a half line on the overs could be the way to go. Cool. Interesting you mentioned as well that thing uh, with Mikel Arteta playing You'll Never Walk Alone out the speakers on the training ground. I actually think in a weird way, I know managers try all sorts of wacky stuff to, you know, to gain the smallest advantages, particularly in the modern game. But I think what he did by doing that was make Anfield a bigger deal than it actually is. I know it's a hard place to go. But now, how do you settle your players down this season now and say, guys, it is just another game. Go out there and play your usual style and and be your usual selves. When a year ago you were wheeling out speakers on the training ground, it just—I think he shot himself in the foot a little there's bit. There, there's a big, there's a big difference to Arsenal this year and last year, and you've got experience. You've got, you know, you've got Jesus, you've got Tinchenko, who's done it, seen it, won titles. That experience is crucial, absolutely crucial. My only concern for Arsenal, and, and I just feel that um, they've got a mistake in them defensively, and and I think Ramsdale's a great goalkeeper, but he has lapses in his positioning sometimes, and I think if he if he gets over pumped and overexcited, there could be a problem here, but. They're, they've got more experience now, and having two people like that in the in the in the, in the dressing room who've played in big World Cups and played, won titles and might played in big Champions League games is crucial. And, and I think that's it. I mean, they're, they're they're arguably much more well. They are they're much more experienced than the manager. So um, to have them in is, is a difference from Arsenal this year compared to last year. But I think this is a huge game, and as we said, it's a huge game. And I think that um, 
hopefully it lives up to the expectation. It's a great game and you know, be a piece of money on 2-2. You know, we'll have a bit of fun on that, I think. Nice Taking one. Taking the draw, Harry? Uh, I probably would, yeah. I probably would take the draw. Um, You've got to remember as well, Man City, Man City, no certainties against Southampton. I mean, Southampton are fighting for their life they're, they're, they're t- and they've beaten Man City before, you know, in oh, yeah, recent man. years. Yeah, so um, that's no certainty as well. And that game there has a big impact on this game. If Man City get turned over, then Arsenal don't necessarily have to win. And that's a crucial part now for betters when we're going into this this race. The game that happens on the day before really does have an effect on the, on the, the mindset and the, of the game after. So if Man City lose to Southampton, then a draw is a brilliant result for Arsenal. An absolute brilliant result. So, you know, but obviously if Man City win, then the pressure's on them. So I think those those are things that why you can't really recommend a bet on here for these crucial games on a Thursday with, without knowing what's happened on the day before. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, let's summarise the guys' picks then. So for the clash between Aston Villa and Nottingham Forest, uh, Jack has gone with Aston Villa at minus one on the Asian handicap. That's at plus 104. Nigel's got the same pick there. Uh, In the clash between Wolves and Chelsea, who have freshly reappointed Frank Lampard, uh, Jack has gone for Wolves uh, plus a half on the Asian handicap. That's at minus 109. And Nigel Seeley's gone for his signature Wolves halftime draw. Uh, at plus 115. Uh, In the game between Tottenham and Brighton, Jack has gone for Evan Ferguson to have over half a shot on target. So he needs one uh, or more shots on target. That'll be settled using the Optostat. And that's at minus 117. And Nigel has gone for Leeds United to beat Crystal Palace uh, at Ellen Road at plus 110. Uh, So those are the guys' official plays. Uh, Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure you leave us a review if you're listening on audio. Be sure to follow the guys' joint handle at Because We Win and their individual handles as well, uh, which you'll be able to find uh, as the uh, podcast is uh, posted out on social media. Uh, Anything for anyone to add? Any other business before we say goodbye? Yeah, I mean, all our fabulous handicappers are, are doing some brilliant videos. Sean Calvert's over in Marrakesh. I just want to know if uh, our soccer Premier League soccer presenter will do us a nice video from the Anfield. Yeah, on, sure. Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, no problem. That's fine. No Thank problem. You, you, you uh, Al Jazeera, CNN, CNBC, <laughs> DFF, said two two. None of them are going to be interviewing you before you, you give us the you give us this exclusive. I, I'm not doing it. I don't think I'm doing anything before. I think I'd be too nervous. I'm just uh, going into the game. Well, and, uh, man, Harry. give us the give us the team news from uh, from Liverpool and. Uh, yeah, wish you well. Yeah, we're gonna. So it's a big weekend uh, of of soccer action across in Spain, in Italy, and obviously France and the Premier League, which is all the great content that's there. The tennis is live in that big tournament next week in Monte Carlo. The clay court season, the countdown to the French Open starts as well, and obviously all that stuff is uh, covered on the handle as well and on the YouTube channel. Indeed it is. Uh, give us a subscribe, give us a follow, uh, leave your thoughts in the comments if you're watching us on YouTube and we'll be back very soon with more. Until next time, take care and good luck cashing those tickets. All the best. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network.